The Catechism of the Catholic Church reminds us that, quote, the Old Testament is an indispensable part of sacred scripture. Its books are divinely inspired and retain a permanent value, for the Old Covenant has never been revoked. Indeed, the economy of the Old Testament was deliberately so ordained that it should prepare for and declare in prophecy the coming of Christ, Redeemer of all men. Even though they contain matters imperfect and provisional, the books of the Old Testament bear witness to the whole divine pedagogy of God's saving love. These writings are a storehouse of sublime teaching on God and of sound wisdom on human life, as well as a wonderful treasury of prayers. In them, too, the mystery of our salvation is present in hidden ways. Close quote. This is the After Dinner Scholar podcast from Wyoming Catholic College, and I'm your host, Dr. Jim Tonkowicz. It's been my privilege and pleasure this semester to teach Theology 101, Salvation History in the Old Testament, to our Wyoming Catholic College freshmen. And with no one else to interview, I thought I'd share with you a bit of what that's like. To begin with the paragraph of the Catechism that follows the ones I just quoted in the introduction, those were 121 and 122. Paragraph 123 says, Christians venerate the Old Testament as true word of God. The church has always vigorously opposed the idea of rejecting the Old Testament under the pretext that the new has rendered it void. That belief that the Old Testament is void is an early Christian heresy called Marcionism. In about the year A.D. 144, Marcion came to Rome and began teaching that the true and good God was the God of the Gospels, who sent Jesus Christ, who was not God, for the salvation of the world. Opposed to the true and good God was the evil and false God, the Demiurge, who created the physical universe and who we read about in the Old Testament. Christians, taught Marcion, want no part of that God or his book. While Marcion was roundly condemned by Orthodox Christian thinkers, including at the time Origen, Irenaeus, Tertullian, and Polycarp, the heretical belief that the, quote, God of the New Testament is somehow different and a vast improvement on the, quote, God of the Old Testament persists to this day, but not at Wyoming Catholic College. In theology, students read both the Old and New Testaments, knowing as St. Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, quote, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work, close quote. And of course, the scriptures that St. Paul had in mind were the scriptures of the Old Testament. Rather than jumping directly into Genesis 1, the class began the semester learning about Lectio Divina, the great spiritual exercise that takes us from reading the scripture to meditating on the scripture, to praying for insight, and finally, if God wills it, to contemplation. As the 12th century monk Guigo II wrote in his Ladder from Heaven to Earth, quote, reading without meditation is arid, Meditation without reading is prone to error. Prayer without meditation is tepid. Meditation without prayer is unfruitful. Prayer with devotion obtains contemplation. 
while to obtain contemplation without prayer is rare or miraculous, close quote. So while we read the Bible and discuss the Old Testament from Genesis to Maccabees, which is to say a lot of Bible in one semester, we don't want the pace of the reading to turn the Bible into just another great book, even as we're discovering that it is a literary masterpiece or perhaps better, an anthology of literary masterpieces. The books of the Old Testament point us to the God who created us, loves us, and redeems us. Meditating on the scriptures includes putting ourselves into the story it tells. We stand with Adam and Eve in Eden, amazed at what we see. We're there when Cain kills his brother Abel, and when Cain later founds the first city. We stand at the burning bush and hear the voice of God making promises to Moses. We suffer with the children of Israel under the hands of the cruel taskmasters in Egypt, and we rejoice with them across the Red Sea from Egypt, having despoiled the nation and seeing its army lying dead in the water. We dance with David before the Ark of the Covenant and scowl with Michal, his wife, as she watches him. We weep with Jeremiah at the destruction of Jerusalem and rejoice with Ezra at the newly rebuilt temple. God invites us to make the story of his people our story. As the semester progresses, two questions come up regularly in our conversations. The first is about the character of God. The second is how individuals and the nation of Israel change as they interact with God. What, if anything, did Moses think about the Lord God as he tended the flock of his Midianite father-in-law before meeting God in the burning bush? What did he think after that encounter and after receiving his commission to lead Israel out of Egypt, the land from which he fled for his life? How was Moses different after his encounter with God on Mount Sinai? And what false ideas about God motivated Aaron and the people to craft and worship a golden calf. And speaking of the golden calf, which is an image of the Canaanite fertility god Baal, we're about to start reading the book of Judges, the account of an era where, to use the book's leitmotif, quote, everyone did what was right in his own eyes, close quote. It's a phrase that reflects not only the time of the Judges, but our own day as well. What can we learn from that? Some of the questions that I raise, we answer. Some are simply there to pique student curiosity for the theology classes they'll be taking in the coming years. God, we read in Exodus, hardened Pharaoh's heart and yet found him culpable for the wickedness that issued from that hard heart. How does that all work together? Does it work together? And if it does, what does it tell us about God and about ourselves as fellow human beings with Pharaoh? In the story of the conquest of Canaan, God commanded Israel to kill every man, woman, and child, and all the animals in Jericho and Ai. Why would he command such a thing? These are conundrums we want our students to ponder, the tough questions that will lead them to greater and deeper theological reflection and clarity in the future. During our first class meeting, I asked the students to introduce themselves by telling us their names, hometowns, and favorite Old Testament stories. 
Not everyone was familiar enough with the Old Testament to have a favorite story. That's changing fast. Our freshmen are, I think, developing a love for the Old Testament and the amazing stories that weave themselves into a single narrative of salvation history and the faithfulness of God. Aha moments occur with great regularity as they see the connections and pull the narrative together. Dr. Leon Cass, who grew up reading and understanding the Bible in Hebrew, taught semester-long seminar courses on Genesis and Exodus for years at the University of Chicago. In his two marvelous books, The Beginning of Wisdom, Reading Genesis, and Founding God's Nation, Reading Exodus, Cass credits his students with many of the insights in those volumes. I've heard similar statements from other Christian leaders, from priests, even from biblical scholars, and I'm experiencing the same thing. I love the Old Testament, and I've studied it for decades, often working my way through the Hebrew text. It is rich reading, and today I'm learning from my students, even as they're learning from me and from one another. There is a depth of wisdom to be obtained. Back in 1713, Pope Clement XI wrote, quote, It is useful and necessary at all times, in all places, and for every kind of person to study and to know the spirit, the piety, and the mysteries of sacred scripture, close quote. That's a word for you and for me, no less than a word for our students. If you've never done it, or if you haven't done it in a long time, let me encourage you to, along with our students, read the narrative portions of the Old Testament from Genesis through 2 Maccabees, entering into the action as you make your way through salvation history. And let me also mention the distance learning course, Reading Your Bible for All It's Worth, that our theological faculty produced a few years ago. It's an excellent resource for understanding the scriptures and growing in your knowledge of God. Sign up for it on our website, wyomingcatholic.edu. Well, as we chant at the beginning of each of our Theology 101 classes, the one who ponders the law of the Lord by day and by night will yield his fruit in due season. That's a great promise, one we can depend on as we read, as we meditate, as we pray, as we contemplate the great words of Scripture. For Wyoming Catholic College, this is Dr. Jim Tonkowicz.